So this afternoon we'll continue the development of the metta or loving-kindness practice. Carol probably said some of this yesterday, but I'll just repeat. We offer this practice here at a retreat where the main practice where giving instruction is is vipassana or mindfulness practice because it's such a wonderful complement to our mindfulness practice. We're emphasizing as you practice here this kind attention, this sense of acceptance and friendliness towards experience. And the metta practice really points to or cultivates within us that, that kind, accepting attitude. It's also a very powerful practice in and of itself. Um, Some of you have probably done metta retreats where we just do the metta practice, repeating those phrases over and over again. And doing that in a continuous way, day after day, really can uh, strengthen that capacity of the mind and heart to wish well towards oneself and to others. It's not all light and roses, though. Any of you who've done metta practice knows it's a purification practice. Any time we create the intention of directing the mind and heart in a specific way, and in this case towards happiness, towards well-being, towards kindness, towards acceptance, whatever the obstacles are to that, they will come up. And that um, is what we call the purification, to their willingness to be with, to open to, and to work with these obstacles in our ability to feel loving or kind towards ourselves or others. So that may happen here as we practice even for this hour of the day that, you know, just because you're supposedly practicing metta doesn't mean that you'll necessarily feel happiness or gladness or kindness or safety or whatever it is. But that, including that, is an important part of the practice, how we respond to that. And we'll continue to talk about that as the days go by in this set of instructions. The basic instruction is to continue to say the metta phrases if you can. You know, if your mind keeps going somewhere, it gets tied around something, we keep trying to come back to the metta feeling. <clears throat> but if that's not possible, if something really is, is challenging, then it's more skillful to actually turn towards whatever that is and basically go back to your mindfulness or vipassana practice. What are you feeling? What's the belief or the story? What's the emotion? How is it felt in the body? And can you bring some sense of kindness or compassion to that experience itself? And then if that shifts or changes and you're able to come back to the metta, then we do that in a kind of graceful way. So it's just a short um, description of, of how to weave this practice um, in. We begin the metta practice where it's easy. And this may seem counterintuitive. Most of us think, I've got to go to you know, my worst faults and my worst enemy, and that's where I need to you know, forge the iron in the heat of that and, and really fix that problem. And the wisdom of these thousands of years of practice and teaching is no. Let's really establish where it's easy um, to feel this better. Let's ground in that so it's very accessible. 
So the mind and heart easily open in that direction. And then when there's that sense of steadiness, then let's bring in someone who's not even very difficult for us. Perhaps a, a friend, you know, and there's just a more complex relationship. And then someone who's neutral. So we go through this whole progression before we get to, you know, the coming attraction of the enemy or the difficult person. So please don't go to where it's difficult. Really trust the wisdom of this training. And know even, you know, your dearest beloved gets under your skin sometimes and annoys you. And that's enough to kind of work with, with the metta practice. So there's a really a lot of wisdom in this training of just reorienting the heart towards kindness, towards acceptance. That said that the e- we start with the easiest place with ourselves. What could be easier than to just wish ourselves well, right? You're all on board with that. But here in the West, for many people in many cultures, it's not so easy. We've got a lot of negative beliefs about ourselves, limiting beliefs beliefs of of not uh, being worthy of love or acceptance. And so this practice really engages us in that. And so our encouragement is to start with metta for self, if that feels right for you. And for some people it feels so right that it's so needed and so healthy that that's all they do for weeks at a time. And that's, I think, a powerful way to practice. For others, it's not an easy place to start, and it's perhaps better to start with someone else and bring yourself in at a later time. The beautiful thing about the metta practice is you listen to your own heart. There's no program here of what it should look like. There's a a map that we can use to navigate the terrain, but it really is what's going to serve you in this process. So even as I do a guided meditation I do invite you to make it work for you. So I'll start where we usually do with self and then go on to the next category, the easy person, the benefactor. may be different for you, and that's totally fine. Part of the power of this practice is really honoring what works for you and knowing that in some deep way, not like I should do this or this is what everyone else is doing or someone told me this is the way it should go, but really feeling into what feels right. And in the same way (coughs) with the categories, the phrases, you know, there's a very traditional set of phrases that point to universal concerns of safety, happiness, health, and well-being. And so it can be Simple sometimes just to sort of go with those, that they're tried and true. They, they speak um, to all beings in all conditions. And that's one of the things I like about them is, you know, as we go through the practice, we change the category of people to get to all beings, including the lizards and the deer and the owls and the, the salmon swimming in the streams. And we want to have our phrases speak to them. If you have a very convoluted phrase that speaks of, I don't know what, something that, who knows if a lizard could relate to it, you want it to be fairly simple and straightforward. But again, that's just a a general guideline. Sometimes for yourself or for a specific person, there are just phrases that come and seem right. There's always a balance between kind of the creativity that really opens the heart 
And the steadiness that deepens the concentration, because metta is a concentration practice, but also allows us to just kind of sink in a little bit and not be too much in our heads and what's the right word, and if I just got the right word, everything would magically flourish. So we're always sort of finding the balance there, just as we do in the rest of our practice. It's not right or wrong, it's this balance of what's really serving us. And it's a complicated, it can be a complicated practice. Um, We have the phrases going, there's the felt sense of what the words mean, the emotion that might come with that, the image perhaps of a person or a sense of a person. And so it can take a little while to be comfortable with all of that going on. Again, as we get more familiar, just like learning to play the piano, any musical instrument, it can become easier. It's just more natural, more spontaneous. But it's always good to simplify. So if you find it's getting too complicated, just whatever it means for you to simplify, just to come back to the feeling, perhaps just to say one word, to go back to an easier category of person, that's always possible. The main thing we're cultivating is this open, caring heart. And so we're just looking for ways to support that, to bring that in. But having all these different aspects of the practice really does provide a richness. So again, the balance is if it's too complicated, too busy, simplify. But if you find it's kind of dry and you're not really connecting, add in these other aspects, the visual image of the person, the sense of them, hear their voice, imagine them in a place you know they love to be, where they feel happy or safe. Perhaps it's even their smell or some article of clothing or situation that you associate with them. So you can kind of add those things in, as feels right for you, as we work in this category of someone we really care about. So I'm going to, as I said, start with self. And then the first category is traditionally called the benefactor, someone who's a mentor, a guide, a support for you. But really it's anyone, any being, where your heart easily opens and the relationship is uncomplicated. I think Carol said it could be a pet, it could be a child or a grandchild, it could be a friend, but it's an uncomplicated relationship. You just want the experience when you bring this person in the heart just says, oh yeah, how are you? I really care for you, or I hope you're doing well, whatever phrases you're using, but that's the basic sense with this person. And it's interesting to see, even with someone you really care about, after a while you're like, huh, done them, you know, said enough for them, let's move on. Part of the power of this practice is, can I stay and keep saying the metta, even when the conditions aren't ideal? even when it feels a little dry. We always talk about just scattering seeds and you don't know which ones will bear fruit. You just keep creating the intention towards metta and you'll find you go in and out. There'll be an ebb and flow of the metta feeling. But we keep the intention, whatever the pra- shape the practice is, saying, st- is taking, even in those fallow or dry periods. And that's where actually the power of the practice really gets developed. So 
don't think that, you know, that there's no on switch for metta. Again, if we knew where it was, we'd turn it all on for you and you could all go home. You know, it would be great. But we have to cultivate this. And so the ch- being willing to work with the challenges is really part of this practice. It doesn't mean it's going wrong or that you're not doing it right. It actually is a very important part of the process. The dry periods, the challenges, the irritation that might come up, the judging that might come up, this is all part of this powerful practice. So let's begin, and the instruction in metta is always to sit comfortably. We never tell you to sit uncomfortably, but we even more so want you to just feel relaxed in the body. And if you have to move during the sitting, please do so. It's really hard to have this sense of well-wishing if the body's kind of cranky. So this sense of ease. And so we can start that just as we do in the other sittings, by feeling into the body, breathing and consciously relaxing. It's a metta for the body. Can I hold the body in a way that's as gentle as possible? At the same time with this sense of dignity, uprightness. So even though metta is the way we do the practice here, we focus a lot on the phrases. Don't make it just a mental exercise. Drop the awareness into the body, and particularly if you can have it in the heart center, the center of the chest, not looking for anything esoteric there, but just as a place to rest the attention. It's a very alive place. The heart is beating right there. The lungs are moving in and out. So there's just a simple place to rest the attention. And then as we begin with metta for self, just taking a moment to reflect on your good intention in coming on this retreat. To take the time out of your life the commitment it takes, all of the things you had to put in place to do a month or two of practice. It's a profound testament to a commitment to waking up, to growing in compassion. Whatever else you might judge yourself about or compare or niggle about, this is unquestioned in you. So just letting that be the beginning of your metta practice for self. You know that's true. Even you might judge that, oh, not really, or oh, I don't... You're here. So as you sit here, starting with just perhaps a felt sense of yourself, image of yourself, if that's helpful, image of yourself in a place where you feel healthy and strong, or really alive, at your desk, perhaps it's painting or creating something, or playing music or dancing, perhaps it's being out in nature on top of a hill or swimming in the ocean, whatever it might be that gives you that sense of, of your, your body, your being it, when it's really alive, happy, strong, healthy creative. For some people it's an image of themselves as a very young child, 
at a time when that sense of joy and innocence was really strong. Or perhaps it was when you really needed this kind of kindness and it wasn't accessible. And there can be a sense of protecting or taking care of this young child. And finding what works for you and then beginning to say the phrases of well-wishing towards yourself. Whatever words work for you. May I be safe and protected from harm. May I be happy. May I be healthy in body and mind. May I live with the ease of well-being. Or perhaps short phrases, just may I be safe. May I be happy. May I be healthy. May I live with ease. Perhaps even one word, safe, happy, healthy, ease. Saying the phrases at a pace that you can feel into the reverberation. There's no reward for saying it's quality, not quantity. So no, no reward for saying them fast. Sometimes the way I practice is on the in-breath, silent. On the out-breath, say a phrase. And connecting with the breath, the heart center. So there's space in the phrases. So again, just experimenting with what works for you as you do this practice of metta towards yourself.
Now you may choose to stay just with metta for yourself. Or if you wish, you can bring in this person you've chosen as your easy person, benefactor, mentor, teacher, child, pet, grandchild. Could be someone you know who's really supported you, helped you in your life, been a good friend. Could be someone you don't know, but who inspires you, the Dalai Lama or Thich Nhat Hanh or other teachers. But whoever you choose, choose one person and take some time to develop your connection with them. <coughs> so whatever works for you, it can be a visual image, an image you know, of you with them, some place that you meet. Or again, a place you know this person is happy, feels strong and healthy, alive, safe. Hear their voice. See them smiling back at you. Really make this connection. Their eyes twinkling a little bit. Whatever words they say as they greet you, if it's someone you know. Maybe their tail is wagging, whatever it is. It just opens your heart and you say, yes, how are you? I really care for you. How are you doing in there? Thinking of their good qualities. Often with this category, this person represents something for us. Their kindness, their wisdom, their compassion, their love, their love for us. And so we feel that reverberate. They're manifesting something we wish also for ourselves. And the fact that we know that means that that quality is already there in us. We're just unlocking it a little bit, letting it, giving ourselves permission to truly inhabit that field of love with this person, of kindness, of acceptance. So thinking of their good qualities, your sense of them, what inspires you or touches you. Let the phrases come out of that, wishing them well, whatever words convey that for you. And again, if after a while you find it gets a little dry, you lose the connection, start again with this sense of who they are and why you like them. You can always begin again. It often happens when we bring in a new person, we think of a lot of stories about them. It just naturally comes. So not to push those away, but not to get lost in them either. Just connect with the feeling of the story or the memory. Let the words go and let that support this feeling of connection with this person, your easy person. May you be safe from inner and outer harm. May you be joyful and contented. May you be healthy and strong. May you take care of yourself with ease and well-being. Slowly, gently repeating these phrases, 
connecting with the central word that, that has carries the real meaning of the phrase safety, happiness, health, ease. Feeling what that means for this person, wishing them well.
So <clears throat> I encourage you if this practice connects for you, if you feel a Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.